1: everyone i want to tell you about blue wire hustle a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at blue wire hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start hustle is a perfect place for you as part of the program you'll receive personal cover art Q and A's with blue wires, top podcasters access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms.
2: And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It was a good weekend for boxing out here in Vegas, so for that reason, we have to go back-to-back on the Boxing and MMA podcast, but that gives us some time to really dive into pro wrestling, get this week going, and give a full preview of AEW Double or Nothing on our show later this week, so it works out perfectly. Today, we'll be talking about boxing. Like I mentioned, we have a new Undisputed Champion to talk about, we have a couple of big announcements to touch on as well, and then we'll wrap it up talking about the UFC, talking about how COVID affects the fighters there, and just a bunch of injuries that have been in the UFC lately and how that's gonna affect the product going forward. But to start this one off, Dre, the inspiration for this opening segment today is you, my guy. And it's because you are the official party planner extraordinaire putting together some you are you're putting together another get together at your crib pre-covid this was the wave in case people listening don't remember or they don't know or they're new to the show dre used to throw monthly parties at his crib and i would go and out to get stupid drunk off of his like best bar in vegas and it'd be a blast and they would have themes um well i think the last one was like mexican fiesta yeah, I think that's right. That sounds about <laughs> right. Yeah, so everything had a theme. There was a brunch one, of course, and it was at night, brunch themed. And you had the birthday party, which was wrestling themed. You had the flair join on. This is what Dre does. Dre, even though he's, you know, semi-recluse, a couple of years ago, he decided to be the party connoisseur. So we have our first one post-COVID coming up, and you hit me up with, like, yo, you're coming through this is the date and i felt like you know what this and you know the second half of our opening conversation are making me feel like we're getting back to normalcy parties at dre's crib and urban loitering touches my heart man <laughs> I, I feel this for the first time in a long time i feel like damn like there's there's hope at the at the end of the tunnel like we're getting close
2: yeah yeah i guess we are getting close uh yeah, decided. Yeah, it's about that time. You know, a lot of people are vaccinated and clean. It's time to have, you know, game night at the crib. That's, and it's not, this one's not even my idea. It's my wife's idea. You know, she graduated law school, got to the barn. She was like, hey, how about we have everybody over for drinking and game night? And, you know, everybody that we know, you, Big Mac, uh, Shake will be there. Uh, and, you know, so a few other people, and we'll get some games in and we'll, we'll drink this. We're getting closer to normalcy. And it, it clearly, with uh, on Friday, if you guys listen to the show, it's either Sunday or Monday, late Sunday night, probably early Monday morning for a lot of you guys. The boxing world just went crazy and was like, you know what? I'm just going to give you everything, boxing and pro wrestling. just So it, it just feels like everything is slowly getting back to normal. I will not stop wearing my mask. That is not going to end. But it kind of feels like, all right, it's time to do this again. It's time to be out in these streets. It's time to, man, like, like some of y'all have traveled. Some of y'all have been places. Some of y'all, you know, live life. Like nothing really happened. Me. I've been in the crib since March 6th, 2020 in terms of, I haven't traveled anywhere. I haven't done anything. I hadn't seen anybody until I saw you guys. What, like, what is that? A week ago?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Damn near 10 days ago.
2: Yeah, about 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 10 days ago. And like right before that, I went to brunch with Shake and OJ Simpson was there. But that's another story. Um, Yeah. So it's like feels good. It kind of feels good. You know, but again, man, you know, wear your fucking mask. It's not really it's not really over like that.
1: It's not. And again, it feels better. We're in better spirits. I will say that. And people who can get vaccinated have been vaccinated. It makes you feel a little bit safer. Um, I will, listen, I got to air myself out because I was going to say, yeah, I've been wearing my mask all the time too. There's two times I wasn't wearing my mask, Dre, in, in public. So the first is when John Moxley randomly showed up to GCW and I pulled my mask down and I was going crazy just yelling (laughs) and wild shit so but it was still on before then um so if people see the clip that was on my twitter or people from a different angle and if my mouth is if my mouth isn't covered by my mask just know it was just that one occurrence that night because i had to mark out and yell and and go crazy and i put my mask back on real quick and then this past weekend i was this is stupid but i was like yo i gotta get this interview so bob arum at the pre-fight press conference goes into kind of like a random rant about like, right. the pandemic is over, take your mask off. And like the full context of it was beforehand, he said, the vaccine is here, get vaccinated people. If you aren't vaccinated, the overall aspect of it was, if people don't want to get vaccinated, the hell with them. The vaccinated people, we do it, we protected ourselves, take off our mask. If the people don't want to get vaccinated, they don't have to wear a mask either. Whatever happens to them happens to them. So that was the context of his thing, but he kind of like shitted on mask wearing now because people were vaccinated and he was sitting there d- between fights. And I had a couple questions I wanted to ask. I broke a couple, a little bit of news on ESPN.com. So I was like, dope, I'm going to go interview Bob Arum. And I took two steps, I was like, fuck. Took my mask off, put it in my pocket, took the rest of the steps, shook his hand, sat down and asked him the questions. I was like, I ain't going to fuck up this interview by him saying, kid, why you got your mask on? And going off on a tangent. So I was like, fuck it. I got to play ball, man. So I take my mask off and act like I was in Bob's corner with the no masking. Hmm. I sold out. I sold out to the man. But I got the interview. This is journalism 101. Do what the hell you got to do to get the interview. Well, don't die. I'm not going to die. I'm double vaxxed up. And so is Bob. But it's the principle of it. That I wore my mask the entire time at the fights ringside everything Wearing my mask I looked at Bob I was like I ain't gonna fuck up this interview man I took off the mask and put it in my pocket Goodness. so listen sometimes you, you gotta do what you gotta do but people be better than me don't be me be better than me <laughs> so that's a, I can't be a hypocrite I took off my mask a couple of times probably when I shouldn't but the other thing I want to touch on with this party planning extraordinaire we always talk about your drinks, right? Because I, I know the bar is crazy now because oh, you've yeah. been going to Costco all the damn time <laughs> during COVID. Costco and Total Wine, baby. That's all I do. <laughs> There's nothing but fanciness. So I can't wait to see what new uh, drinks you have there. But the thing you hit me up about was, yo, here's the lineup of games we're going to have at game night. And we never really discussed game night because everyone has game night. And you went down the list of games, and I'll pull people up. I'll pull it up right now so I can tell people what they are because you hit me out of blue. One, your first question, which I feel like is standard Black people question, is you play spades and or dominoes? And your answer was? I definitely play dominoes. I don't play spades with real spades players. This is so weird. Because... there's always caveats. It's like, yo, do you know how to play spades? Yeah, I know how to play spades. Do you play spades? Not, not with real ass players because people take that shit like a pro sport. Yes. No, and if I like renege or I count the wrong amount of book, no, people be nope. on my head. So I, I refuse now. Oh, no, we'll no, I, yeah, I am not <laughs> playing spades with real spades players. Like, we'll play this shit for fun. But no, no, I can't do it. Because people be on a spades table all night long trying to run spades tables and bragging about that shit and talking shit, popping off. No, no, no. I'm not that guy. I play recreationally.
2: There's there's no such thing as recreational
1: spades. (laughs) There is. You got to play around family so you can, like, fuck it up. And not, like, family. Like, you got to play on, like, a Tuesday. You play spades on, like, a Saturday, you know it's real. You got to play where, like, if you mess up, they just laugh. Ha ha. We're just killing time. You do that same shit at a family gathering on a Saturday or a cookout. There's some furniture moving. Listen, man, we used to play
2: like in high school, like Domino's and Spades was all that we played. And as we got older, I realized you'll find this out this weekend. My wife might be a little bit more competitive than me. (laughs) To the point of it's like it's not even fun sometimes. So we used to play spades late at night. We used to teach my brother-in-law when he was super young. Is this I mean, he was super young at the time, might have been like 12 or 13. And we used to play spades and teach him how to play spades. And my wife would, if he fucked up, not like not just Renee. I'm talking about if he cut her or if he, you know, <laughs> didn't take a book, she sat on the bed. Didn't matter what time it was, <laughs> didn't matter. It was like Go go to sleep, and he used to cry. He, like he used to get mad because he was like, "I want to play." He's like, "No, go to fucking sleep. You're terrible. You suck." And like she would send him to bed for fucking up a game. We don't spades, We don't play with spades around these parts. So if you're going yeah, to can't play, do it.
1: With, can't do it. Yeah. yeah. You
2: know, <laughs> if you're gonna play, you gotta play like we play. Like my no, cousins I can't. came in. I can't my, play.
1: My cousins y'all. came
2: in. Uh, we had a death in the family not too long ago, and my cousins came in, and we played spades. And they talk shit. They're from, you know, they're from Compton. And, you know, super Cali. It was, was gonna wash us and all this shit. But I'm like, I don't play with this shit. So you know, we we beat them five times in a row to the point where they just mad and sent them home upset. And nah,
1: shit, yeah. Mm. I, we,
2: we're brutal when it comes to spades. So that's and people got their
1: it. partners. That's the, that's the problem. Like people yeah. got like their, their partner, like where you, y'all been playing six years. There's like eye contact type shit. Like it's like a boxer and his trainer. Yeah. Like you, you know what's going on before it happens. And, and people, they just be, they look at you, they look at the hand, they look at you and you be like, yeah, we got this. Like, I, I don't have that communication. Uh, you, like, if your wife's your partner, that's great. My wife, Elena, does not know how to play Spades. It's, I don't think it was, like, part of the culture. So um, and we've never really had time to, like, sit down and, like, have her learn how to play Spades. She just learned how to play Phase 10 the other day. She's, like, playing it on her phone all the time. Maybe, like, Spades is the next frontier. But even then, she's not a shit talker. So, like, you, she wouldn't play the right way in a party atmosphere anyway. If you you know it's like going to play a pickup basketball game, and someone learned how to play in a rec center, like it, it's it's a different atmosphere. So yeah, she doesn't know how to play spades, so I don't have a consistent partner. It it's all bad, so I'm staying away from your spades table. Over it, I play bones. You know, I get down at dominoes. I showed the wife how will play dominoes too. She's pretty good now. Like I show her play that in pool, but I'm Puerto Rican. It's what we do. Any, if you're from an island, anywhere, you play dominoes. I played dominoes with a bunch of Jamaicans once. That shit was crazy.
2: Well, they'll kill you.
1: Oh, it was a, it's such a spirited game when they play. But yeah, no, I play dominoes. Easy, easy money on the dominoes. And then you gave me a couple other games that are classic games on the list. And this is where I started to be like, okay, you, you hit me with the spades and dominoes first. I was like, this this party going gonna be a little crazy and then you hit me up but oh we also have uno and taboo yes now now you are speaking my language one i have i've lost one game of taboo in my life life no 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 i mean i mean you might might as well be my partner but if you're not my partner you're gonna lose (laughs) it's probably
2: gonna be it's probably gonna be the men against the women so that's fair
1: oh yeah so we're we're running them out the building that's easy money that's light work So yeah, no, I I don't lose games of taboo. So that's easy. And then Uno, I purposely saved this question for the show because Uno is one of those games, much like Monopoly, where you go in, you'd be like, yo, what's the house rules? Yeah. Cause that determines if I'm playing or not. Do you play Uno the right way? And I ain't talking about this shit on the box. Do you play Uno the right way or the wrong way? So full disclaimer, I'm, I don't really play Uno.
2: Okay. So it's like, I because everybody else plays it. Because whenever I see a deck of cards, I'm playing spades. Like when you bring out them colorful-ass Uno cards, I'm like, ah, eh, let's play some spades. So <laughs> I don't know what the right or wrong way. I just know that I feel like whenever we played Uno and then we, we played with somebody else, some other fucking rules and I'm like wait a minute wait a minute it's always different so the rules will get determined by a democracy at this house party because we have to figure out what the rules are because yeah I don't have house rules when it comes to Uno every time I go somewhere it's like some different shit
1: always but I'll tell you the right way to play Uno and I don't care who I upset that is listening the right way to play Uno is that yes you can stack so if you have three twos you can put them all down together you can stack, and that's how you change colors. That's how you get stuff out of your hands quick. Also, you can stack draw twos. So if I put down a draw two, the next person you put down, two draw twos. They don't have to draw right away. And the draw four stacks on top of all the other draws if you wanted to. And if they call out the color, and you got a draw to match that color, you can keep stacking. If not, you got to take all that, all that in your hand. One time, my wife was tight. We used to play Uno with my friends. We went over there. She had to draw 24 once. Shit was hilarious. They put it on the Snapchat. It was an amazing night. But I see people get caught. Sometimes you get caught with a draw. Yo, by the end of this, it's going around, you're going to draw 30. You right? You'll be all right, though. So that's, that's how you got to play for anyone listening. If you don't play like that, we ain't playing Uno. I'm an Uno snob, and I only play by hood rules. Monopoly, too. Monopolies, you fuck gotta Monopoly. put the money. You gotta put the money in free parking, fam.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, you have to. That's the rule. But
1: Some don't people like, don't. Monopoly so people is like put money in free parking.
2: It's just a never-ending fucking game.
1: Like Monopoly, no, you take yeah, property. They they a mortgage off property. People, dog, you there's make always them quit, somebody,
2: you break their will. There's always somebody who's super stingy in Monopoly. They won't trade your shit. Won't give up shit. It's like, hey, man. Give up them fucking purple shits, man. Like, nobody has anything. I I, I hate Monopoly because the, the length of time it takes to play a full game of Monopoly is just absurd.
1: Oh, yeah. But if you got five, six people playing, you start flying by by the middle of it. But you got to be drinking while playing it. People playing sober Monopoly, like, I haven't done that since I was, like, 16. Anytime after 16, i play Monopoly, I'm drinking. And it makes the game so much better. Cause then you really got to pay attention to the bank. Cause the banker really start robbing you if they're like sober and you're drunk. So it makes it like a real good game after that. So that's, that's my suggestion for anyone looking to play Monopoly as an adult. Don't drink at 16. Like I did kids. Uh, We cannot advocate that on this show. So your go-to game then for game night, if you had to have one go-to game, what are you playing? It's always space. Always space.
2: It's always space. It, it's always Spades Wins with my wife, but I'm a big Domino's player as well. So, those are my two. Oh, so that so you
1: set me up for your games of choice. It's my fucking like, house. <laughs> <laughs> what do you expect? Okay, okay. But no, I mean, listen, I can't be mad at it. I can't be mad at it. My go-to game, like, and again, I said I crush Taboo. That's, that's easy though. That's, that's light work. So that can't be my go-to game. Cause that's, that don't get fun. People lose, they, they quit. My go-to game. Really? Because I'm not very good at it. I fuck with charades. Really? Yeah. I fuck with charades tough, but it has to be like a good theme of charades. Like I don't want like overall charades. Like I used to, um, don't laugh at me, but I had a fr- friend's one. Yeah, which was really dope um no but like when they're like themed where like everyone watches like you can give me like a pro wrestling charades game okay and we'll have a fucking blast so like someone's rick flair strutting the next joint you got to do the and rick rude like you know it, it makes it real fun when it's like specifically themed so charades charades is my joint when it's like specific like that That's my go-to game and if there's any uh islanders out here specifically my west indian jamaican folk ludo is also a game that i played all the time in new york and that shit is incredible i don't know i don't know how to explain if you google l-u-d-o it is a jamaican west indian board game um they actually they swagger jacked it and gentrified it and it's the game sorry have you ever played the board game sorry course yeah that's ludo but you know folks done took it and I was like yo we create this game name sorry no that shit is ludo and they play it with like heineken bottle caps and dice and the boards look bananas and it's so much fun it's a little bit more complicated than sorry but the general premise is the same and uh people be going crazy over ludo so ludo's is my game and drinking heineken's and the old you know, just Jamaican dudes be crazy dreaded up with their locks, dumb long. They'd be smoking weed, jerk chicken. I'd be drinking. It's a blast to play that shit um, at summer barbecues in New York. So if you know, you know, Ludo's also dope, but we'll report back next week after uh, I'm going to take a crash course this week. Me and the wife are going to sit down. We're going to download the app and we're going to play nothing but spades for a week. And I'm gonna to try to get comfortable enough and co- to play competitively at your crib, and it's good. I just can't be your partner during spades. No, like I'm so kidding. if if the wife goes to the kitchen because again, people we talk about this all the time. Dre's wife throws down in the kitchen for these events. She she'll cook w- mad food, which is weird because Dre doesn't like really mess with leftovers. Um, so I'll leave their crib with like three plates. I have no coof. Like I don't I don't care. Like, yeah, nah, I'm out of here. I'm like, bro, man. And like, yeah, what? Yep, yeah, all this, all this, mind. I right, love y'all. But so occasionally she gets caught up. She got something in the oven. She might have to bounce. Yeah, I, I can't be a spades partner. No, you I won't. can't do it. I'll wait. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> I'll, wait. <laughs> I'll wait for my wife to come back and say, like, hey, sweet, come, back. <laughs> come back. Don't leave me with this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we play any other game. I can't, can't be spades. So uh, before, you know what? Fuck it. Let's take our break now. When we come back, we have more to talk about because it's going to be a crazy summer here in Vegas. I got to tell you about the urban loitering that I saw, and it's back in full effect. I was so proud of this weekend. And then we got to talk about all the announcements and everything for this upcoming year and talk about the boxing event that went down. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. The economy is made up of
2: real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything.
1: Just that quick, we are back. As promised, we got to keep going with the shenanigans lately. But this ties into boxing. So it's nice that it's after the first break. I was covering Ramirez Taylor, undisputed fight here in Las Vegas. It was good to be there. It was the first time I left the bubble at top rank. The fans were crazy. They were loud. A lot of Ramirez fans there. Um, the Scottish fans, it was a couple Scottish fans. It, it would have been crazy, you know, sans pandemic for that to be in the MGM, because the Scottish fans would have had half of it, the Mexican fans would have had the other half, the shit would have been nuts. But it was still a great atmosphere. We'll talk about the fight itself a little later. But Dre, afterwards, the best thing about it being in the Virgin Hotel, it used to be the Hard Rock Hotel here in Vegas, is that the theater, which is now just the theater, used to be the joint and had all the hood concerts. I miss those. But the theater is connected to the hotel so right after the fight everyone was drunk and like they do at the MGM everyone spilled into the lobby spilled into the bar and I just sat back for like five minutes chilled posted up on the casino gaming thing and watched women taking off their heels walking barefoot right there on the casino floor I saw two guys get into a fight independently of each other. So one guy ran up, snuffed this other dude from behind, bah, little scuffle ensued, security came, broke it up. The other one, the other one was an even better fight cause they were both drunk and they couldn't even throw punches. They were just pushing each other. It was like a sumo match, but it was also spirited. I look around the other way. I see uh, some professionals posted up at the little bar in there. And two guys, I'm, I'm ballparking the ages, so I'm going to just go with a 65-year-old gentleman and his his pal, who had to be 70, 71, approached these uh, nice-looking women for a conversation, sat down, bought them a drink. Five minutes later, one on one arm, other guy, one on the other arm, strolling through the casino, didn't see him again. Mm. I was like this is it. We're back. Five minutes. That's all I had. Five minutes of urban loitering for a fight that was like a hardcore boxers fight. I was like, if this is what the summer's like, we gonna have fun. Fury versus Wilder 3, Pacquiao versus Spence, and the Order Joshua versus Usyk. So first, Dre, we gotta touch on Fury versus Wilder (sighs) 3. Do you see it going differently this time around?
2: No, I don't. But I I almost I'm almost interested in the chaos because if Wilder were to stop Fury. Oh, my God. I mean, it's you're always just one right hand away. Look, man, we've talked we've touched on this. The fact that this fight is happening is it's kind of wild to me for the, the reason that Wilder could. I don't know. You know lower the price to step aside and they say, I'm just going to fight for all the bells, Right. Cause he, I said, I don't like him going right back into a fury fight. I don't mm. like it. I don't like it at all. But there's a part of me that also says, well, shit, what has fury done? Nothing. So as you know, I, who knows, maybe this is beneficial in some way, but if Tyson Fury fights the way that he fought Wilder the last time, and there ain't no goddamn heavy-ass suits, and there ain't no, like, bendy gloves, or there ain't no Mark Breland. <laughs> Maybe it's competitive. I don't know, but Fury outboxed him plenty of rounds between two fights. Yep. And if Wilder can't land that devastating right hand early, or if he can't gain Fur- he's going to have to get Fury's respect out the gate. Because if he doesn't, Fury's going to be leaning on his ass all over again. And it's going to be trouble. So... I I can't necessarily see it going any different, but it's a heavyweight fight, man. You can't completely count Deontay Wilder out. He still has that one punch. I just don't know what has he done in the past year and a half that's going to sharpen his tool set because you look at every fight the Wilder's had and as much as we talk, you know, he's great, blah, 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 before the, the Fury fight, I mean, a lot of us picked Wilder to be Fury. But he loses rounds often. And if Fury can take the punch, Wilder ain't beating him in a boxing match.
1: Yeah, you got to take the punch. (laughs) But I I agree. Like, maybe I don't see Fury stopping him this time. Because I think there was something very off about Deontay Wilder that day. Regardless of why it was. So I don't know if I see Fury stopping him. But I I feel like Fury can put on a boxing clinic, go 12, and lose one round, maybe two rounds. Like, Deontay Wilder has never been a points fighter. Luis Ortiz was up, like, six rounds to two. Yeah, he was just giving away rounds. Yeah, and just got caught with one. So that's a dangerous thing to live by with Fury. And I understand Malik Scott is now training him every day, and, like, it looks great on the mitts. But when you're in the ring and someone's coming at you, you tend to revert back to what you do. So I'm, I'm not sure if there's enough time for him to completely change who he is.
2: Mm, yeah, it's, it's a tough one, man. Deontay is... Uh, I, if he just lost the fight and just shut the fuck up, I'd be okay with the rematch. I'd be like, oh, he's fine. But all the excuses make me question his confidence in himself. Because does he really believe all the shit that he said? Most importantly, is he really blaming Mark Breland for that shit? Of all the things, like the loaded glove shit was crazy. It's like, all right, that's crazy, but whatever. If you really believe it, you can prove it in the rematch. Yep. The the um the suit. If you, if mentally you were like, hey, this fucking thing is heavy, and then you got in the ring, you thought, hey man, this thing is heavy, and then you started fighting, you was like, my legs are rubber because of that suit. I get that. Mark Breland saved your fucking life. You were getting beat the fuck up.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know why he wanted to go out on the shield. Like, that's, it's not that important, sir. And which is scary, because what if now he tells everyone, don't save him?
2: Right. I mean, look, man, I, I get it. You know, a lot of fighters tell their corner or they tell their trainer, don't throw in the towel for me ever. But Wilder wasn't winning that fight. The legs were, were spaghetti. He had, he had nothing for him. So blaming Mark Breland, that, that, you blamed everybody but yourself in your preparation for that fight. That's crazy to me. That's your own ego. That's your own confidence that's being put into question. And you know what Tyson Fury's not short on? Confidence.
1: Yeah, he's so scared. Like, You're not you intimidating him. him.
2: Yeah, you can't out-ego Tyson Fury. So this rematch happening, when it's going to happen, it's going to be a big fight. Uh, somebody asked me, is this fight bigger than McGregor Poirier? No, it's not. No, I think this. there's a lot of interest that's gone up in smoke because of the way that Fury dominated Deontay in that second fight. I think there's... Those Irishmen from McGregor, that shit ain't gonna change. They're coming out. So I think that, that'll be a bigger fight.
1: I agree. And then a couple of weeks later, almost a month later, Pacquiao Spence. I'm shocked. Hey, I'm shocked. I... I don't know. It's dangerous. Like, Manny hasn't fought in two years. You don't get younger. You don't get... Theoretically, you don't get faster and stronger as you grow in age, right? LeBron has slowed down. Tom Brady's winning championships. He's slowed down. Like, you got to change things. Pitchers don't throw harder into their 40s. Manny has made a career of defying logic, right? You, you go from 106 pounds to 154 as a champion. No one does that in carrying power throughout. He's made a career of doing these things. I think... This might be too much. And Spence isn't a normal 147. He ain't Bud, who will, again is a killer in his own right, but he's not Bud who came up 140, 135 at a point. Like Bud's frame is is even kind of small for 147. Spence could fight at 160. This is a tough fight. Yeah. I, I don't know how Manny wins this one.
2: I mean, look, I, I'll never count Manny out, but You know, I didn't think this fight was going to get made because I didn't believe that his team would allow this. Somebody asked me this a while back. They were like, you think Pacquiao fights Spence? And I was like, no, but not because of Manny Pacquiao. I think if you ask Manny, he'll fight fucking anybody. He's not fighting for money. He's fighting for legacy. Yep. And if he looks at it and he's like, well, I can fight Mikey Garcia or I can fight Errol Spence. I'll fight Errol Spence. Mikey Garcia does nothing for my legacy at this point at all. I can make a lot of money if I fought in Saudi Arabia, but I got money. I make a lot of money fighting Errol Spence, and I can add to my legacy. Because the one thing that Manny Pacquiao does is he never backs down. He's going to fight. And if he goes out on the shield, you know what we can say? That motherfucker fought everybody. While Floyd Mayweather is out here getting ready to fight Logan Paul and Falcona McGregor, Manny Pacquiao beat two young p- champions. Let's just say he beat Errol Spence. He'll, he'll have beaten two young champions. That Floyd Mayweather wouldn't have fought, and then we got to start having a conversation. If Manny Pacquiao were to beat Errol Spence, we got
1: to have a conversation. Oh, then he fights Bud Crawford. At that point, you make Manny versus Bud, and and Manny wins that. He go right off to the sunset. I'm just, but if
2: let's just say, even if he didn't beat Bud, if he were to beat Errol Spence Jr. at 42
1: years old, <sighs> some people would say like, oh, this is because. Of the car accident. Nah, you can say whatever you want. We just saw Errol
2: fight. Yeah, and he looked good. He looked great. If a 42-year-old undersized Manny Pacquiao would to beat another young, he just beat Keith Thurman. He were to beat another young lion in Errol Spence Jr. He's got, all right, I'm going to preface it with this. I'm going to divert just a little bit. The Four Kings documentary comes out, docu-series comes out on Showtime in a couple weeks. I have an advanced screening. I've watched three episodes so far. It is fucking incredible. It is amazing. I highly suggest to anybody who loves boxing, watch that, that series. They start talking about Roberto Duran's career. Mm. And if Roberto Duran started out House on Fire, Hands of Stone, beat Sugar Ray Leonard the first time, lost the No mouse fight, which, if anybody knows the story, Sugar Ray... Sugar Ray is a fucking dick. And you'll see it in this documentary too. I've read his book. His book paints him out to be his dick, but this docu-series makes it even worse. Sugar Ray Leonard immediately invoked, like, base him into a rematch, but knowing that Roberto Duran gained a lot of weight between fights, and they had the rematch in, like eight weeks or something crazy like that, if I remember, like three months. It was a really short training camp. Duran had to come down from 200 pounds to fight a 47. And when that happened, uh, Sugar, you know, he won. Duran's body kind of shut down on him. He quit. Yep. Now, after this, Duran fought a bunch of mediocre fights. A bunch of them. He didn't look good. He lost, like, bums. and people. He lost to somebody like Pacquiao, lost to Jeff Horn. But then, Duran caught a second win and became a killer again. This is very similar to what Manny Pacquiao was doing. Manny Pacquiao had this lull between getting knocked out by Marquez like, he beat Jesse Vargas, but that wasn't terribly exciting. Yeah. And the Floyd Mayweather fight, obviously, that wasn't, that wasn't Manny Pacquiao in the ring. Even though I still think he would have lost, that was the Manny Pacquiao that we expected. But then something clicked, and Manny came back, and he looked, he looked like Manny Pacquiao again. Beating Adrian Broner the way he did. Beating Keith Thurman the way he did. Fighting L. Spence. He's caught a second win. Yes, he lost to Floyd Mayweather. But that fucking resume... That resume, if he were to be Errol Spence, think about it. He'd be Marco Antonio Barrera, Eric Morales, Miguel Cotto, Oscar de la Hoya, Antonio Margarito, uh, Ricky Hatton, Errol Spence, Keith Thurman. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, like, it's like 10, 11 top 10 pound for pound guys on a resume this i mean that
2: portfolio is absurd morales barrera and marquez alone is incredible
1: yeah you could go to the hall off that
2: but then you you add in yes you beat oscar De La Hoya to into retirement you beat the shit out of him you beat the shit out of miguel cotto he didn't just win he beat the shit out of miguel cotto it was a hell of a fight but he beat him and then like you know shit happened His marriage fell apart and he was falling apart and gambling, whatever the fuck was going on. And Manny found God and became a lot softer. But then for this act, this is like the Shawn Michaels second act.
1: This is the Shawn Michaels.
2: This is very Shawn Michaels comparable. This is, this is special. I can't, there's no way you can knock him for taking this fight. There's people that are going to be like, it's dangerous. Yes, of course it is. But Manny's not here to play it safe. All he's got left is legacy. He's got money. There's nothing else For him to fight for If he were to find a way To win this fight Yeah we gotta have a conversation Cause that's only, Boxing is only Eight division world champion And has this ridiculous Resume of fighters from Like everybody Champion that Manny's beat Is like about to be in An exhibition fight Or fought Floyd Mayweather Marquez Barrera They're all like Exhibition
1: fights Manny Pacquiao's 42 Beating young champions That's mm-hmm. crazy that's Tom Brady winning Super Bowls in Tampa type shit. Yeah, but, you know, Tom Brady, at least has a team, it's made yeah. by himself.
2: Maybe he ain't got no team. It's him winning fights. No help. Freddie Rose can only do so much. And, you know, Freddie's like, I don't want him to take this fight. Freddie Ben said that. I don't want him to fight. Arrow's too big and strong. Man, he was like, fuck that. I'm fighting. I
1: got to give that man credit. He's crazy. He deserves all the credit. And then Joshua Usyk. That's the fight that scares me most. For who? For the possibilities of a unification between Joshua and Fury. I think Joshua's too big for Usyk, flat out. I think so, too. But Joshua, if he gets clipped, I don't like how he handles being in trouble. Eh, He only got, you know, he got clipped against Andy Ruiz, but... Usyk don't hit like Ruiz.
2: uh, Against Klitschko, too. Yeah, but he knocked him out. I, I like Usyk a lot. Don't get me wrong. So Usyk's what? a cru- cruiserweight coming up to heavyweight. And he didn't look all that great against Derek Chisora. He he didn't. And Taz Witherspoon, whatever. You fight Anthony Joshua? Yeah, it's a whole mm. different world. It's, yeah, it's a different level of power. It's a different level of physicality. And AJ is big as fuck. Looks like a superhero. I'm not terribly concerned about that fight. I think Joshua wins it, not handily. I think it's a good fight, but I'm not worried. I'm more worried that Wilder would knock out Fury than I would Usyk stopping Joshua.
1: I don't know. I think Usyk's just a better fighter than, than Wilder. He is, but that you could be a better fighter if you can't.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: hurt the man and gain his respect, you might be in trouble. Wilder at least has the equalizer. That even though 12 rounds, if Wilder's in the fight, we're all still holding our breath if he hits him.
1: Yeah, because it's 36 minutes to just land that one punch.
2: Yeah. If he got up
1: once, but you don't get up every time. No, you don't. But
2: Usyk is a hell of a fighter. He could show us something completely different, but coming up from Cruiserweight not looking incredible against Derek Chisora and not looking incredible against Witherspoon, you're going to come in here and you're going to fight Anthony Joshua? That's a tough fight it's a really tough fight
1: definitely a tough fight we'll get right back to the show in a second but first the wait is finally over football is back you might not be able to be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online Bet online is going an extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions and championship futures all day every day.
2: Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: Let's wrap this up by talking about the UFC, which happened this weekend. I mean, listen, to me it was a boxing weekend, but a lot of people enjoyed the UFC fights that went down, I'm look, I look back on it. I was like, Oh, now watching this, a ton of decisions. Yeah, it wasn't the most fun card to watch. Yeah, it seemed, seemed a little weird. I shout out to ESPN MMA team. I went, looked at their clips. I was like, Ah, got it. I understand what happened. Um, first thing that jumped out to me is Shabazian lost again. Yeah,
2: um, he just didn't look great, and it's really time to like up that, that hype train. Completely derailed. Derek Brunson,
1: Harrison. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's time to take a step back. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, it, it was it was cool. He thought he was ready for that level of competition. He is not. Take the step back and let him fix some things that he's clearly missing. Um, also, looking through the card, Carla Esparza is the next fight that jumps out to me. I did not think Cookie Monster still had this in her. Yeah. So I was shocked. Listen, yeah, this
2: before this fight happens, Carla Sparza comes out. And I'm looking at Carla and I'm like, Carla never looks like she wants to fight, she always comes out and just kind of looks like, Yeah, yeah, what do I do again? Oh, yeah, I fight. And I guess, yeah, the, the game plan was very clear from the outset I'm going to take you down because Carla doesn't really have hands, she's a wrestler. Yep, but boy, once she shot for a takedown, maybe 10 seconds in the fight and got it. And Yen didn't have any answers at all for Carla. Carla beat the bullshit out of her on the ground. This was the most dominant I think I've ever seen her. And she's right back in title contention. Which means, hey, Rose Diamond Eunice lost to Carla Esparza on the Ultimate Fighter finale. Yep. To determine the first women's strawweight champion. There's a story there. They could probably do run this back. So, you know, and Jade Zari has already lost Rose twice. Uh, you know, Welly Zhang's got she got some shit to figure out because she got knocked out. Carlos Sparza could be next up, while Mackenzie Derns hangs right along the outside waiting.
1: That's the most intriguing one, right? Because she has a skill set that is vastly different than anyone else. Yeah, probably can't take her down because you're in a world of world of hurt.
2: Oh, she's a nightmare. Mackenzie Dern, as long as the hands keep continuing to improve, she's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. But Carla Sparks has looked fantastic last night.
1: She did. She did. And then in the main event, Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. I don't know, man. I'm not going to say Cody's washed at all. But like I said, previewing this, I'm not sure that we understand the full scope of how COVID is going to affect these fighters who caught it and caught it bad. Yeah. Cody had no gas
2: after the second round. First things first, the 250-45 scores I thought were ridiculous. I thought Cody at least won one of the rounds. But it was, I thought, you know, we mentioned it last week. You talked about the scope of COVID. And I say, you know, if Rob Fon takes him in deep water, Cody's going to be in trouble. And Cody just looked completely out of it. Whether Cody wants to admit it or not, this COVID has had an effect on him because his conditioning was trash in this fight. He just looked, he looked listless by the time he got to the third round, those punches didn't have any snap on him. Rob font didn't have much to worry about. And and I'm not going to take anything away from Rob font. He looked excellent. in This fight, his striking was on point. His boxing was sweet. Like he did everything right. But Cody is like, Hmm. Yeah, man, I don't know. You might not be the same fighter. COVID. That's why I keep saying, like, you know, y'all think COVID's is over. But if any of you have had a friend who had COVID and still like dealing with shit. Now, imagine they have to go fight for a living. And I can't breathe the same. or My gas tank ain't right. You know, I have blood him like whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. We really got to examine what's happening to these guys. Like, obviously, you know, we heard that Usman had COVID. Uh, Canelo had COVID. You know, they were fine. But it affects people differently. Who knows what Volkanovski and Kamai are going to look like because they got it bad. And Cody, if if this is a if this is indicative of what happens when you have COVID really bad, it could alter fighters careers. Yep. I, I won't say he's watched either, but I don't know if he could
1: ever be the same again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure if any of the athletes who caught this are ever going to be, quote unquote, the same. It's scary. And in a sport where it's just you out there, and they tell you to go fight for your life for 25 minutes, that's tough. That is that is a tough thing to do. So Cody's just the first that we've seen with this, and we're we're going to be feeling the ramifications of you know COVID for a long time. So that is uh interesting to see how it plays out. Then the UFC has another card this weekend. No, they don't. They're off they this don't? weekend. No. Oh shit. This- Oh, it's not June 5th. They are off.
2: Yeah, they are off. This weekend, that's why I'm doing game night. There's no UFC, and there's just a Devin Haney-Lenares fight. And, well, there's also the Donaire fight.
1: Oh, what a smart guy. Donaire fight should be during the day.
2: Yeah, it's early in the day, but the the Haney-Lenares fight is the only
1: fight worth watching on that entire card. So, yeah. Oh, I am excited then. Yeah, weekend off for us. Now, we we need that weekend off because we explained during this episode that it's about to get crazy. So no, we appreciate you guys for listening. It is fun chopping it up. Let us know again, your favorite games from game night, and we'll make sure that we keep you guys up to date on how hours went. I'm downloading the spades app on my phone right now. I'll have the wife do the same to see if we can go to Dre's crib and not embarrass ourselves during game night. We appreciate all of you for listening. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore on Twitter at corner club for life on Instagram. Follow me at Cal him at Andres hell on all platforms as well. Check out our other show wrestling with stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. Stay safe. Stay run to free. Stay masked up like me when I'm not around Bob Arum, make sure you guys enjoy your week. We'll be back talking wrestling on our next show previewing a w double or nothing you don't want to miss that but for right now we're out peace